Hello, OdaFest listeners, and welcome back to yet another OdaFest podcast. It is the time of the podcast, and I am hosting. This is Jay. I'm joined by Nancy. Hello. And Angelo. Angelo. Angelo, where did you go? Angelo is not currently here right now. Hmm. Suspicious. In the meantime, we have some news and announcements, starting with a big one. True is coming to Odafest. Yay! Miho Karasawa, known as True, is a Japanese singer and lyricist from Tokyo. Well known for her incredible performances of theme songs to several animes such as Sound Euphonium, Mobile Suit Gundam, Iron-Blooded Orphans, World End Sukasuka, and... Violet Evergarden, as well as That Time I Got Reincarnated as a Slime, and many more, you can catch her Friday night concert at Odafest Amplified and additional guest appearances. And Odafest Sketch Drive application is now open. If you're a passionate sketch artist looking to give back to the community, come be a part of this beloved activity at our festival. Applications will close on February 25th, 2024, so please get yours in now. Apply at odafest.com slash sketch drive. Yay! I'm so excited. Our sketch artists are so talented. I love them. Yeah, I, I've, I've, I've spoused upon this many, many episodes because every time we do these announcements, it just gives me good memories of these events that we hold. Uh, Sketch Drive being one of them because it's such a community, local-oriented event, generally speaking, um, mm-hmm. featuring lots of local artists and their art styles and the way that they give back to the community through um, partial charity donations of their artwork. Um it's just a good time. It's just a really, really good time. Yeah, it really um, drives home that feeling when you're making announcements about like, hey, we're opening applications for this. And you immediately remember what it was like last year. And then you go, oh, it's going to be even better this year. It's going to be even better. It's going to be even more mm-hmm. awesome. And mm-hmm. that's always what it feels like when we're like, hey, applications for Maiden Butler Cafe open or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, it's it's always just like, oh, I remember that year when we did this and it was fantastic. I know it's going to be a great time this year. Mm-hmm. Um, same goes for Odafest Amplified, our big concert. We've got we've basically announced our big headliner, True. Um, she's a fantastic performer. You will have like... We are listed, as always, partial credits and everything like that, but she's got um, her fingers in a lot of openings and endings and movie credits and things like that. Um, We're really excited to be bringing her. Um, Not to, like, make it sound terrible, but the idea is... It's been a while since we brought a Japanese um, performer. Performer. Yeah. 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 And... um, our staff, especially our like Japanese guest coordination staff, have worked very hard, and I really appreciate the work that they've put in so far. And I really hope that everybody shows up for Amplified because I genuinely believe it's one of the best things that we bring. Um, yes, of course, like lots of cons have concerts and they bring in their individual guests and 
know, whatever. But I think the vibe that we bring specifically is pretty chef's kiss. So. <laughs> yeah, the energy in in that big, big ballroom downstairs is, it is unmatched. It's yep. so on fire. Everything is on fire. It's a good way to start your weekend main con. Like once you kind of like kick off that Friday night mm-hmm. after our opening ceremonies and everything like that. And then you get to go into Saturday feeling great. And, you, you know, you're going to do so many things, more guests, cosplay, everything. But like, I think the concert is a big kickoff point. And it's not even because I have a hand in doing any of that. I think it's just the best way to do it. It's just big dance, big concert, dance your heart out, put your cosplay on. You could do a specific cosplay. I, I know some people really do, um, like bring out kind of the rave costumes, the LEDs and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's super fun. Oh, yeah. So I, I love when uh, when the DJ starts dropping like for the dance party portion, when the DJ starts dropping like all these really, really awesome remixes of well-known mm. themes, and the the crowd just goes wild. It's incredible yes. to watch. It's, it's really hard not to get swept up in it. Thing. Yeah, absolutely different thing from the rest of the con, but it's all included on your con ticket. You know, we don't sell it as a separate event. You get to come to the concert just because. We are holding a concert as part of the convention. So no need to go out and buy new tickets. It's just included. Come have fun. Yeah. But most people already know. If you're listening to the podcast, you already know what the vibe is. So I'll see you there. So I've I've often wondered to myself how people can go to Amplified on Friday night and still be standing like the next morning for the busiest day of the con Saturday. I I like to think that I deal with sleep deprivation well, but I know a lot of people who don't, and they <laughs> get through it by sheer willpower and maybe caffeine. It's definitely caffeine fueled. <laughs> I think it's also good vibe fueled, right? Like you're it seeing is. your like a lot. Of, I know that a lot of people, um, basically treat a convention as their um, big a, social a way to event. get together. Yeah. Exactly. So like you're seeing friends you haven't seen. Uh, maybe for a year or half a year since the last event or whatnot, uh, you definitely get this just boost of, hey, like I'm, I'm chilling, I'm at home with my people, my tribe, you know, we're cosplaying or we're going to play video games together or we're going to go watch AMVs together or whatever it is. There's just so much to do. It's like, how could you not have a good time? I feel like you're almost, for lack of a better term, you almost, you'd have to find an excuse to have a bad time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you're, shutting, you're shutting yourself off if you're like not having a good time somehow. You're, you're, this place wasn't for you in the first place. Cons might not be for you for the first place in the first that, place that that said though like the space around amplified you can almost always find a pocket to just go breathe if you just need to step out of True. the the big performance hall and just like, go find a mm-hmm. quiet spot for a few minutes it's it's pretty good for that yep we get that there's like sensory overload at the con in general there are quiet spots we actually uh it's funny because we do receive feedback about like oh we wish there were more 
like quiet spots or whatnot um Mm -hmm. and we try to solve them by creating places where there are still things to do because we can't just afford like an empty room with chairs because that doesn't even though that might be appealing in some way, like a like a purely quiet room, we can't really afford not to have content in a sense. But that's why the things like manga library exist. That's why things like I was just gonna say uh, exactly like the uh, uh, the Gundam hangar exists. Like you don't you can just chill and they usually have a episode or movie of Gundam going on. And then if you want, you can pick up a free kit to just or a donation kit to to build. Like it's. Very much, we have spill, uh, spill, chill spaces, <laughs> spill wasn't, cases. <laughs> wasn't, didn't we have like a, a giant uh, Snorlax somewhere last year? Was it in the manga library? I have heard legend of legend. a giant Snorlax who inhibits within such manga library. I, as a con staffer, do not have such luxuries to be... <laughs> going to quiet spots because if i go to a quiet spot it's because i'm about to pass out for a nap uh, or or full-on sleep for the next day of con so i i I cannot bring my poker flute along and uh have go hunting for snorlax but i think it's in the manga library don't take my word for it that's that's gotta be like the most wholesome uh stuffy hug that you could give just go hug a giant Snorlax. It'll make everything better. There's also uh, Pokemon Company has released, like this is not new, but like for awareness sake, there's also a like life-size Lapras and a life-size uh, Sveal. And for people who don't know what Sveal is, it is a spherical seal, which is I think like four foot by four foot which is quite large and plushy. And Lapis, I have, of course, I a, have a small seal at home that's about a foot and a half by a foot and a half. So if yeah. there's a four-foot version of the one I'm thinking of, oh, no, but oh, yeah. yes. It's very cute. It's very bouncy. Um, maybe one day we can incorporate those into more quiet spaces. Like board game area is kind of, well, tabletop gaming area is probably kind of chill. That or no, but, some know, of those games get heated. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that. Just as I was saying that, I'm like, no. Then there's the tabletop lawyering going on. And I don't know. I, again, do not get to experience sh- such uh, tranquil spaces that we have created. In- indulgences. <laughs> you make no. it sound like this is an indulgence. It is an indulgence if you're con staffer. You'd be like, what are you doing being horizontal somewhere? <laughs> Get back you to better work. Learn how to, exactly. You better learn how to sleep standing up during the con if you need sleep. No, it's not that bad. We we do actually, we do a lot of self-care at the con. Yes. People, and a lot of yeah. it is between staffers. Like there are staffers going around reminding other staffers to take care of themselves. Yeah. We have a team called like Provisions, um, which has uh, been a part of us for maybe about three years. And you'd be like, well, Odafest is 25 years. Shouldn't you have, you have done that before? You shush. We got here the way we got here. <laughs> look, look, we are always changing and moving forward and hopefully always for the better. Yes. Learning is learning. the word here. Learning. learning. 
Yes. Um, um, yeah, provisions has been wonderful because uh, it's staffed by our con moms and our con moms come around with food that'll give you energy, food that will keep you full, food that'll keep you from having a hypoglycemic crash. <clears throat> Nancy raising her hand because she absolutely does that. Uh, food. Yeah, make sure you're hydrated and, and they come around and they make sure you're taken care of. We do it for uh, a lot of people in Artist Alley and, and our vendors as well. And it, we don't not take care of our staff at the same time. Exactly. So that's always good. If you think about staffing and volunteering, you can always come back. Cause we're like, yay, people. But <laughs> anyways, aside from all that, mm -hmm. what's up with you, Nance? What do you got going on? Yo, so I went to the mall for the first time since, uh, I'm going to say since like the Christmas rush. Sure. And uh, I noticed something interesting. There was a lot of Lunar New Year advertising like up, like big posters, banners, whatever. Mm -hmm. But like mm -hmm. they're in places I don't expect them to be. So for example, yeah. for example, I walked past a, a store uh, uh, that's been there for a really long time and they sell like house stuff. They sell like bedding and quilts and sure. they had a big Lunar New Year, like 2024. Mm -hmm. And I was like, huh, okay, that's new, but also thanks. That's, that's where I've seen some things where like, uh, I've seen a lot of online advertisements for online products and, by the way, when I'm saying like online products, I'm not saying like buy a traditional set of Chinese clothing to celebrate Lunar Years. I'm saying I'm saying like popular shoe brands are yes. getting into the year of the dragon. And I'm I'm wondering if it's because it's like dragon, because people are always like, Oh, Asians and dragons are a thing. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm throwing it out there because like no one out here celebrating like rats or like sheep <laughs> you know what i mean yeah I that's feel what seen. it feels like a little bit like this year it seems like it's a little bigger than normal do you, um do you think it's because the the yakuza games have gotten really big in the last few years they're not called yakuza anymore thank you and there was one that just released recently thank you it's called like a dragon series <laughs> thank you i wonder if that might be relevant maybe but the funny thing is the japanese don't um really celebrate lunar new year there it's not no. such a thing in japan it's japanese new year vietnamese. is is the regular solar calendar yeah yeah vietnamese koreans and the chinese are basically the big drivers for lunar new years um, mm -hmm. For people who didn't know, I didn't mm -hmm. know this for a long time. I, I kind of just thought, if you're Asian, you'll probably celebrate the New Year because I thought that growing up too. Not? Yeah, I, yeah, it's I just did like too. a big fun time. You know what I mean? So I was just like, everybody celebrates, right? But turns out Japanese don't really. Um, no, Philippines don't. Uh, mm -hmm. Thai doesn't really, as far as I'm mm. aware. Like, it's very much Vietnamese, Chinese, Koreans. Interesting. Yeah, I found yeah. out about Japan having the same like New Year as uh can we call it the Western world maybe? Uh yeah, yeah. like oh, I want to say in university when I was learning Japanese. So when I was yeah. actually doing my like 3 years of studying J uh, Japanese language, 
the topic of New Year came up, and they were like, "Yeah, we celebrate on New Year Day. We we do like big things for New Year's. Like, there's a really popular program on TV that a lot of people watch. There's fireworks. There's a specific mm-hmm. type of feast that they have to." you know, the right before New Year's, so like New Year's Eve. And then on New Year's Day, there's like a big family gathering and y'all eat like specific kinds of foods. And Mm -hmm, a mm -hmm. lot of that sounds very similar to the way my family celebrates Lunar New Year. There's like a specific meal you have to end the year. And then there's a specific meal you have to open the new year. And Mm -hmm. it's it's very interesting and and full of like tradition and pun play. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of... uh home traditions that people do like cleaning house um cutting of hair yep um filling of wash your car like, yeah filling of like um pantry kind of like making sure that everything is nice Stocked. and ready yeah mm-hmm. to to like start on a good foot um mm-hmm. that being said going back to the whole like commercialization of it because that's what i'm seeing for this year so far i don't know moving forward if it's going to be a bigger thing when it's not a dragon year a cool mythical animal Um, i don't know but i am actually kind of tempted by these shoes i saw that were like special edition red sneakers with like the gold embroidery on the heel and i I want it i actually kind of want it i never thought i would you're not gonna wear it but mm, no hold on no I will at least wear them once because it is a New Year tradition to wear new shoes and go outside for a walk around the block because it's supposed to symbolize you stepping on on like all the bad spirits that might be trying to get into the New Year. Sure. I just know that they came in red and white uh, versions. The red has gold embroidery. The red, uh, the white has, the white red. version has red embroidery. Yeah. Yes, they look cool. Feels like you'll never wear them or you'll go insane trying to keep them clean. That's what I really feel about. And that's, and, and that's the other thing is with white they're shoes. not it's not like this company is like an Asian based company. Like it's not a it's it, it is I'm pretty sure American through and um, through. The one I'm thinking of is a Canadian company at least. Is it really? And and the one the one I'm thinking of is a Canadian company, and they are based out of a city that has a very large like Asian population. So that might play part of it. Maybe, but I think they just have a Canadian branch. It doesn't matter. The point being, like I've gone to leading up to Lunar New Year, which is mm, it's a little bit late this year. It's on the 10th of February, so it's a, more than a week away still. But like mm-hmm. I've gone to a friggin' Walmart and you know, in the Walmart there's this big banner. And I think to a point, to their credit, it's not in English at all. The banner I saw is fully in Chinese script, saying like yeah. chi- like, you know, Chinese New Year, happy yeah. or happy new year. And I'm just like, interesting. Don't think I've ever seen that before. I don't know if I care in a sense but again let's see what happens when it's year of the rat or year of the dog are they gonna year like year of the pig are you gonna care to put up you're gonna get some pig sneakers up in here are we gonna get some you know i think i think there's some mysticism involved maybe a little bit of maybe maybe we'll see 
We'll see. But like I said, that one random banner, like a couple of the random banners I happened to cross at the mall, they were they were in Chinese too. I mean, yeah, there yeah. was like a Lunar New Year 2024 across the bottom, but the majority mm. of the loud scripting was all Chinese characters. So I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I. It remains to be seen. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Lunar New Year has always been. Um, a very shared event, I found. Mm-hmm. So I don't mind. Mm-hmm. Like I don't, I don't, I don't gatekeep. I just want to know if it's being overly, overtly commercialized, appropriated for think. commercial reasons. Yeah, that I have yeah. more of a problem with. But like, yo, anyone can come to any you know Lunar New Year dinner I host. I don't care. Why not? There's always way too much food anyway. True. Those 10 course meals don't eat themselves. <laughs> nope. They don't. Or those. Yeah, yeah it's 10. Because it usually ends up being 10 because it's an eight course meal with two desserts. Yep. So, yeah. What's your favorite part? Uh, I want to say that it's the brown sugar pudding cake thing that you can pan fry. Ooh, okay. Because my mom makes like a, you know, the the wafer style sugar, like the brown sugar that we can get. And it comes in like long wafers. If you yes. take that and you, you melt it down, uh, mm-hmm. you add like some tapioca starch to it and you, you mm-hmm. steam, you steam it. It turns into this big round cake, basically, but it's like a pudding cake. But it's mm-hmm. really, uh, it's like a sturdy gelatinized like you know how it's like like jello for example it, it mm-hmm. can just start dissolving at room temperature that not this one so it's a very sturdy uh pudding and then what you can do is you can slice it up and then you pan fry it and when you toast up the sides it gets crispy on the outside and gooey on the inside like a marshmallow mm-hmm. love it i'm always about the dumplings the deep fried ones like well you know like because they're in a crescent, sh- you can do a crescent shape or you can do them in like, there's kind of like these, for people who don't know, there's kind of like this traditional form of like a Chinese gold ingot, which is like that little, you know, like that, that rounded top. and It looks like a boat. Like a crescent. Yeah. It looks and, like a boat. Uh, yep. It does look like a boat or <laughs> almost kind of like a hat sometimes. I don't know. All I'm saying is that. I just like dumplings in pretty much any form. So, so mom, my mom makes a traditional excuse is great. Yeah, well, my mom makes two kinds. Uh, she makes a, a crescent shape, golden esque one, and that one mm-hmm. usually has like a savory meat filling in it. And then she makes mm-hmm. a sweet one, but those ones come in like basically spherical. And the dough mm. is a glutinous rice dough, so it's like a mochi dough, but it has sweet potatoes, so like the orange yams, like mixed into oh, the dough. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. when you deep fry it, it gets extra golden, but when you bite it open, it's like this really rich peachy kind of color. And then inside that is like a nice big dollop of red bean paste, and it's just mm-hmm. perfect. I love those ones. Those are my favorite. I being this is going to sound bad. There's so many like dinners that I'm part of for Lunar New Year that like I get overwhelmed, not because of the people or like the company, but it's because like generally speaking, you kind of get this like set menu at a restaurant mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, 
but I just had this like last week or a few days ago. And I'm just one of those people who can't eat too much of the same thing um, because it just becomes uninteresting uh, uh, in my mouth, <laughs> to say the least. I don't know how to put it any better than that. Like, what, it, I, I, I'm not. What degree? Into it. Yeah, but what degree is it? Like, could you have two meals two days in a row, but like that same meal isn't repeated for another month or so? Yes. Like could, could you have leftovers? If, it's like, if it hasn't been repeated for a whole month, that's easy. If it hasn't been repeated for two weeks, that's probably my point. But the moment I have to eat it, uh, like this is not, no, this is, this is a very general blanket statement. If I have to eat it twice or, uh, in a row, that's probably okay because I'm still in like maybe the mood for it. But if I have to eat it twice in a week and non-consecutive days, I probably will like it even less because uh, I've already satisfied the first craving or satisfied like the, the first time I've had it. So I don't want to really have it again in the week. Does that make sense? So, so I'm a pretty good person for leftovers. And I do think that makes sense because you wouldn't have had them in non-consecutive days unless... You didn't feel like having it that second day. Yeah. So I think if I, for example, if I went out for like pho, for example, if I went out for pho and uh, it was good and I went home and I felt great. And the next day I thought to myself, that was really good. I have a craving for another one. I might actually be willing enough to, to go out and just get it again. Depends on the mm -hmm. amount of effort required to go out and do the same thing again. Mm -hmm. But if I have more convenient food around, then I probably won't. Like of a lot any of other my variety, right? well, a lot of my food choices are kind of dictated by convenience. Like if I made and I did this, I made a giant beef stew. I took an entire roast from mm -hmm, Costco's. Mm -hmm. We're talking like a Costco-sized roast. I turned it into a delightful beef stew. I put so much red wine in that thing. Don't even tell anybody. But it was so good. And I had it for like three days straight for mm -hmm. almost every non-breakfast meal. And I was okay with it because I switch it up, right? I can put it on rice. I can have it with toast. I can right. like, have it with different uh, things. Delivery methods, shall we say. Sure. But side dishes. Or... The, the stew itself was fine, right? If I were to have just the stew by itself five days in a row, that would be way too much. Like yeah. At that point, I would just be eating out of sheer stubbornness because I don't like wasting food. I definitely agree, but it, it goes to a further extent for me where like there is a craving period, the satisfaction of craving, which is again, like I can have it maybe two, two days in a row. Like if it's, for example, I haven't had lasagna in a while, I'll have two servings of lasagna uh on consecutive days or whatever and then but don't ask me to have it on the third day i don't want it for lunch don't want it for dinner on the third day or if Would i eat you... it the first day and then I, I i skip a couple days i still don't want to have lasagna because i've already hit the mark on that first attempt would you freeze it for way later i've never really done so because i also don't want to i don't like freezing food that often where um the consistency will change after you reheat it in some way um 
prob I've never tried on too many foods. Like soup is well, soup isn't something I re I freeze. I will freeze broth, which is different. But as for things that are not like homogenous, such as lasagna, for example, where there's like cheese and then pasta and then sauce, all different things. I imagine it probably freezes okay because you buy it frozen sometimes from a, you know, uh, grocery store or something. Mm-hmm. I just don't do it. So I just, I, I kind of have, I probably make it more difficult on myself by not making as many um, servings of any one thing at a time because I just don't want to be bored of the food I'm making or eating. That's fair. It's way more it's way more difficult. I wish I could just chicken and rice like a lot of people kind of just do and just be okay with it. I really am dissatisfied. And I really think that I eat food for pleasure way more often than I actually eat it for um nutrition, which doesn't really make sense. You have to eat for nutrition. But I don't like having to eat. I like wanting to eat. I agree. I ne- I used to know people at the office, like like coworkers of mine, who mm-hmm. uh, immediately signed up for that new like smoothie meal replacement thing oh, that came out like, like years Soylent ago. What was Green it called? Yeah, Soylent. They signed up for Soylent right when it was announced because they were like, yeah, that's great. Now I don't have to waste time eating. And I'm like, are you okay with just eating like a blended smoothie for Mm -hmm. every meal? Like every meal. It is supposed Mm -hmm. to be every meal that you have. Mm -hmm. And they're like, yeah, I don't like eating anyway. It takes so long and I don't even like really like eating food. And I was just like, you are an alien to me. I don't understand this existence. I like I understand people who don't like cooking. Yeah, because cooking is a much more developed skill that does involve, you know, gathering, preparation, it's effort technique. intensive. Yes, like cooking doesn't have to be depending on what you make, yeah. but cooking yeah. more than just using a microwave or boiling some water is probably perceived as higher effort or effort yeah. intensive or intimidating, right? For some sure. people who don't have that skill, mm-hmm. I enjoy cooking. Not to a point where As I want to be like a chef or a professional, but yes, I know I know Nancy also enjoys baking and cooking, so it doesn't seem as much of a chore if you enjoy it. That being said, not enjoying eating is like taboo in Asian <laughs> culture. <laughs> it is. <laughs> You're taught. We're taught to enjoy food. Um, everything from texture and temperature, and then of course taste. Like, it it goes into the whole, like, Lunar New Year celebration thing, too, you know? Or, like, you want to talk about birthdays, special days, whatever it might be. But, like, you have to enjoy food as an Asian. I'm not saying you have to be a professional food blogger or something like that. But certainly, it's taught that, you know, we gather for food, we enjoy the different things that food can bring in terms of its varieties whether textures flavors bitterness sweet like a lot of western food doesn't have bitterness in it unless it's just like 
I don't know, a raw broccoli or something like that. Or Brussels sprouts, Burnt. I guess. Yeah. But like there are very bitter foods in Asian culture, but you can still appreciate them. You don't have to eat a lot of it. And they're considered delicacies. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's the it's the overall appreciation of the meal. But yeah. and that then- being said, I still don't want to eat I still don't want to repeat eating the same thing over and over again. I just can't. Not even my favorite foods. I cannot. I was really more just curious about your specific threshold for repeats. Because I feel like you're you're more... You crave variety more than I do. Like, in a way that it inhibits your enjoyment of your current meal. Whereas I can eat a meal as long as it tastes good and is something I like. I won't mind having it for repeats for a longer period than I think your tolerance is at. I don't. It's very specific. Like I said, I don't (laughs) want to eat the same thing I ate for dinner uh, from what I ate for lunch. But I will eat for lunch the next day the same thing I had for lunch the previous day because there's again, maybe a continuation of the prior um, like craving. That being said, on the first point about lunch and dinner not being the same, it's not like I don't like I will I, I don't go like, oh, pancakes are only for breakfast. like I'll eat cereal at night. I don't care. like I don't I don't break any food down into like breakfast only or, uh, dinner. Oh no, I'm not. I'm like not that. like that either. I'll have breakfast yeah. foods for dinner if I want. Yeah, I will eat whenever and whatever, but just don't ask me to eat it more than twice in on consecutive days. That's basically it. Interesting. That's an interesting rule. I it, it's 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 destructive. It's self destructive. It's probably not the best habit. And I wish I could get rid of it. But there are very few things I enjoy on consecutive days. Again, I just have a higher tolerance for it. It's very personal. Most people probably do. I think I'm in like a stupid like 5% of the population kind of thing. <laughs> most people are willing to. But anyways, enough speaking, of that. Speaking of the ruining of enjoyment of things, though. Yes. Um, Jay said something really interesting to me earlier along the lines of, yeah, but Nancy, you have like, you know, industry experience into things like voice acting all the time. So I'm sure you have a different view of like, blah, 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 blah. And like my mm-hmm. brain started spiraling out from about when Jay said that to, you know what voice acting has ruined for me? YouTube content. Just Ooh. random YouTube content. And I don't mean that it's bad content. It's actually excellent content, but it's being narrated by someone who hasn't been trained in narration or voiceover. And so they tend to fall into really strange patterns that I pick up and I can't listen to. So sometimes we'll put on something that is, and I'm not even kidding, geopolitical history. It's great content. Okay. It sets it sets a lot of contextual precedent for things that are happening out in the world right now. And I can't stand them because I can't listen to it. I can watch the video fine with subtitles but no sound. But the the voiceover director that lives in the back of my head rent free goes, mm, stop following that specific cadence of speech and mm, 
Simply stop ending your sentences like you're gonna end them and then you don't. And it's really interesting because I'm pretty sure that before I became a voice actor 15 years ago, I would never have known to look out for these things. And these are things that you don't listen for unless you're in the industry. Mm-hmm. Truly, 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 truly. Um, I have had video games ruined because, and I, I am the one ruining them because Sean will be sitting, Sean will be sitting next to me playing a game perfectly mm-hmm. fine. We're enjoying it. It's great. And then my ear picks up on something. And I get really annoyed. And he goes, why are you making that face? I thought you were enjoying this game. I'm like, I know, but this one, their microphone is off axis. And he goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, hey, anytime this character speaks, listen. Their mic is off axis. And you can hear in the pickup pattern that it wasn't corrected by the audio engineer. And he just goes... Mm -hmm. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, it sounds like this person isn't facing you when they're talking you to t- when they're talking to you. Mm-hmm. And he goes, "Oh no, I can hear it now. I can't unhear it now." And I've done the same thing with a different game, where I said, "Oh, that's weird. This voice actor didn't have a pop filter on their microphone. They're peaking every time they puff in the microphone." Or, or they have a super sibilant uh, consonant that they say or pronounce. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he goes, what? I'm like, listen, anytime there's a P in any word, it puffs. And he's like, oh, for the love of, do you have to do that? I'm like, well, I could just not tell you. And then you'll think I am hating the game for all the wrong reasons. And I've done this so much. Our relationship is completely fraught with moments where I go, oh, I can't listen to this guy. And he's like, why don't you like Aussies? And I'm like, it's not because he's an Aussie. It's because of the very specific cadence that he delivers every single one of his sentences in. It's, for for the record, it is very difficult to read copy in a way that doesn't sound like you're reading. It Mm. is a very difficult thing to learn, and it is a very difficult thing to master well, especially if it's copy that you yourself didn't write, so you're not super familiar with it, or if it's copy that's just been handed to you and you have no idea what you're reading. It takes a lot of skill to do that. I feel feel like that's ingrained from from school when, like, in class, you would be asked to read excerpts but you're reading excerpts not in a way that is spoken like yeah like uh, the way that you talk and the way that you read out loud are not the same things it's funny because i don't think i've realized this until we you just pointed that out but then the moment you said it it's like yeah that makes sense i know that i don't speak the way it's written um, most people are probably not even able to do the reverse, which is to write the way you speak. I think there is a certain, like, you're, the way that I talk is not the way I write either. But how do you message your friends? Friends? <laughs> <laughs> Easy joke. Um, okay, but how do you message your friends? How do you text me? Uh, poorly. <laughs> but, but, Using but it really, resembles, really a shitload of them. Emo- yeah, but sort it resembles of, the but way we interact verbally, right? There's a difference somewhat, between somewhat. there's a difference between writing for copy 
and writing to your friends. The way you write to your friends is exactly that. It's the way you would speak to them. Unless you come from a background where you were taught that all written materials write like you're writing letters. Sure. Some people some people I, were I, definitely taught that in school. I definitely agree, but I also disagree because like, yeah, if you're texting somebody, you may speak in a more casual tone that is more resemble that more resembles your natural like speaking rhythm, cadence and and verbiage and vocabulary and all those things, but you certainly don't do that when you're writing an email, you know? And I think it's it, it's an interesting point both ways is what I'm trying to make. It, it is, it is. And yeah. and that that therein lays a whole bunch of different things that are very like industry specific. So sure. a script writer who is writing things that are to be verbalized and read aloud are going to be written in a way that considers the spoken cadence. Mm. No, no paragraph is going to be one sentence because mm-hmm. you're going to have a really hard time delivering an entire paragraph in one breath or with very limited breathing. Mm-hmm. The The person who designs the copy to be read aloud by a narrator or a voiceover is going to write it in a way so that it's spoken and spoken well. Obviously, mm-hmm. because you're getting copy to read as a voice actor, you don't have to make things up on the spot. You don't have to be a fantastic improv actor or a fantastic imp- like improvisational public speaker you can trust the words that are on the page in front of you. And so when you deliver those lines, there's a certain rhythm and cadence to how to deliver that and and Mm -hmm. technique and skill involved in how to make it sound like you're not reading off of a sheet of paper. Now, reading something off a sheet of paper and making it sound like you're reading a sheet of paper is one thing. Because Mm -hmm. you do that as a kid. When you read out of a textbook, it's not written in a voice that kids are going to be speaking in even if it's the Mm -hmm. subject of study that they're doing right now the way Mm -hmm. that they present things for a presentation isn't even going to be the same way Mm -hmm. as you would read it out of a textbook because textbook writing is very specific it's academic yeah it's academic it's maybe historical it's analytical but the words that they use probably wouldn't be the verbiage you would use if you were giving the presentation to your class based off the same material Mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot going on there and like again this this fully applies to not bad content it's all good content but it's just it jumps out at me when certain things are amiss so this person didn't have a director for these lines and you can tell mm-hmm. sometimes when you're in a game and you're playing a scene and for the most part this actor has been doing a great job but then there's this one line where they just kind of they fumbled it and mm-hmm. and it could have been delivered in another way that would have made more sense for the rest of the chemistry between the characters but it wasn't and and usually that's either the scriptwriter or like the director or some combination thereof or the the sometimes it's not even that sometimes it's the perfect take was technically wrong like there was a problem in the microphone for that perfect delivery, so they had to use a different mm-hmm. line instead of calling the actor back to redo the line. It depends on a lot of things, but there are just things sometimes that I just can't, I can't not 
listen for now. They they trip off. They, they set off like a, a couple of things in my ear when I listen for things. And mm-hmm. and it's not, again, it's not bad content. I really want to reinforce that. I would love this content even more if certain things were just tweaked, certain things were improved. But uh, yeah, this this home has a history of me ruining things. Quit being so professional. How about that? <laughs> huh? How about how about just... being how about becoming uh less educated about your profession? Or how about have you considered being less detail oriented? Or can I get you some cotton swabs to stuff in your ears? <laughs> I don't know if any of that would even work. To be honest, you can hear through cotton swabs really well. Doesn't really right, stop well, sound. True. I'm just trying to I, induce a pop filter effect for you. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that's not how that works. But you know how this does work. You and I get to ride off into the sunset and we have to go hunt down Angelo because he's gone missing. It's true. He said he'd be here, but he isn't. So I can only presume that it's not because he's not being reliable, but because something's happened. And now... We have to go rescue him. We have to get him. Mm -hmm. It is our time to be the protags. It's my time to shine. Good night, everyone. We'll find him for next episode. Goodbye. See you next time.